Hello, podcast world, and welcome to the Beers with Engineers podcast, where we aim to provide a pint of fun and an occasional shot of geek. My name is Bert Ushold, and this is episode number nine. Today, my guest is Frank Ushold, and yes, we are related, but more on that later. This episode is sponsored by my company, Dexterity Engineering. What a great guy I am to sponsor my own podcast, right? So, please check out my website, dexterityeng.com, to learn about my background in medical device design and product design in general. I would love to help make your product hit the market. Plastic part design, DFM, tolerance analysis, whatever it takes. So, the title of this episode is Engineer or Intellectual Rapper. How's that for an oxymoronic title? That was Frank's description of his music, not mine. However, if you're not into rap, don't let this scare you away. No rapping on this podcast. Since Frank is so young, we don't talk so much about his career as much as what he wants his career to be. So, cue the rapping theme, but that is a post-college topic. When you hear what Frank did in college, I think you'll be pretty impressed. So, sit back, crack it open a beer if you want, and find out more. Hi, hold on, stop. Forgot something I wanted to do here. Uh, so I've been looking at these statistics for this podcast, as the podcast creators are wont to do. And for some of these episodes, I even have to take my shoes off to count the number of listeners. So it's kind of exciting. But what is a little more exciting is it turns out that this podcast is actually known throughout the world. Yes, there are listeners in four or five countries uh, outside of the United States. So that's kind of cool thing to, to learn about. And this is a message for those listeners outside of the United States. I would love to hear from you. And in fact, I'd like to have you on as a guest. I think getting you know, international flavor would be a cool thing to do. So if you are interested in, uh, in doing so, please try and connect me through LinkedIn, Bert, B-E-R-T, Ushold, U-S-C-H-O-L-D. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one there. So send me a message and we'll connect and we'll get you on the podcast and uh, hopefully in the near future. So uh, back to the outro music and we'll resume where we left off. Thanks, and sorry for the interruption. Hello, everyone. My guest today on the Beers with Engineers podcast is Frank Ushel. How are you doing today, Frank? I'm doing good. I'm a pleasure to talk to you. All right. Likewise. Uh, a couple things to mention about Frank. Uh, to date, all of my guests on this podcast have been well, have had around 30 years of experience. Well, Frank isn't even 30 years old yet, and he just recently graduated from Clarkson University. And you also might have guessed a second thing about him from his name, and yes, we are related. Frank is my nephew. Uh, I can't say that we're really close. We know each other, and you know, but we'd see each other once or twice a year when I would uh, go back to Buffalo and visit my folks, and uh, Frank was living with his family south of Buffalo in a small town called Springville. As you might guess, when most people learn that you're from Buffalo, they comment on how much snow you get. Mm. Well, when someone from Buffalo meets someone from Springville, they comment on how much snow they get in Springville. Right? Mm -hmm. That's Pretty right. close to right, Frank? Yep. So, and I think because of that, uh, you, your major in college was snowplow design. Is that correct? <laughs> Something like that. Something like that? All right. So, uh, no, actually, seriously, uh, your major, you had a double or two and a half majors. What was that in college? Uh, it was a dual major. So I had civil engineering and then chemical engineering with a minor in history. And, and if I remember, you started with one and added the other, or did yes. you start with both at so, the same time? The way it went, like, fresh, I came in as civil engineering. 
Well, I came in university studies. I was like, I don't know what engineering. I just know I'm good at math and science, basically. And I always, like, felt civil engineering more than other ones because, like, when my dad took me in the garage and we, like, worked on the cars, I really wasn't, like, a tool guy. So mechanical engineering didn't interest me so much. Um, So civil engineering I chose. And then as I was going through it, I was always, like, very good at chemistry compared to my classmates. And I felt civil engineering, it's one of the easiest engineerings. So I was like, I'll add another one. Chemical engineering, it's one of the hardest ones. That sounds good. I'll do that. And I just had the history in. I just fit that in. Yeah, yeah, my... When I run into chemical engineers, I've got respect for them. That's a that's a tough major, and I'm glad I didn't do it. You know, I guess the, the ME's kind of sort of in the middle. Uh, ME, double E's, and then the civils we kind of mm-hmm. are snobs towards and the chemists we look up to. So, anyway, so that's where that goes. All right. Uh, all right, second uh, thing on this podcast, uh, we start with, uh, one, are you having a beer right now? I, I guess you're old enough to drink a beer, right, Frank? 22. <laughs> Yes. All right, good, good. Uh, I thought you might even be a little older than that. Uh, all right, so are you drinking a beer? And if not, what beer would you like to be drinking? What's your favorite beer? So ideally, I would be drinking a Corona with a lime. Um, but since I do not have an engineering job and have thus the engineering money, I am drinking a warm Bush Light. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Now, if I remember one of uh, your dad's favorite beers, I don't know if it still is, uh, it was very popular in the Buffalo area. It was Labatt's Blue. Your dad still drink Labatt's? Uh, I think he moved off of it for actually Bush Light. I think he went Bud, then Bush. Just because. All right. Well, I don't know the exact reason, but Bush is the cheapest. That's why I drink Bush. Just because right, cheap. I'm not really a connoisseur, you would say. Okay. Well, the funny thing is because I remember Labatt's was, you know, it's the imported beer and it was a little more expensive. And just, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago, I was at the liquor store and whatever reason I was looking for beer because I usually don't drink beer and saw Labatt's and it was like the cheapest one in the store oh really oh that's kind of surprising so I think I sent your dad a text and said hey Ray you got to come visit so you can buy some cheap Labatt's <laughs> so alright second uh, part of the introduction here do you have any engineering jokes that you can share with us so my boss my former boss who was an engineer told me this joke it goes how can you tell an outgoing engineer? When they talk to you, they look at your feet instead of their own. I love that one. That is possibly my favorite. That is possibly my favorite. That, that's the only one that stuck <laughs> I, with me. I tell slightly differently, but either way it works. Either way it works. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's true. All right, great. Eye contact stuff for some of these engineers out here. Say eye contact? Eye contact stuff for oh, yeah. some of them, especially in school. Right, right. They're still developing. Yeah. Okay, yep. All right, so you graduated in May, is that right? Yes. Okay, and how's the job search going? So job search, I started looking for jobs last winter, during winter break, and the way I went about that was I'd go on like Indeed and Handshake and just look at all the jobs that I could uh, qualify for and then whittle it down based on uh, the first thing I would look at is is it like has a sustainable or like environmental purpose like in their mission statement or whatever and that's okay. like the, the the thing you need then after that obviously it's like money or like what i enjoy it and then location so i like i whittled down a list but i didn't imply to anything because i was just like 
it's a little overwhelming to like have all these options mm. at once. And I planned that I yep. would just like after school take time off just to like actual like resonate with it and do it right. But after college, um, as we mentioned, I got both those majors. That was five years of coursework in four years. And obviously it's not easy coursework. And right. after that, I had the self-confidence to do, like I was like, I can really do whatever I want if I work hard and I'm consistent with it. So I actually went into music. Been doing that for six months. And my plan going right now is I'll work on music until I get a product that I like. And then I might get an engineering job and use that money to promote my music and then go from there. So a product you like, a musical product you mean, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And your, what instrument do you play? Um, well, I do. So there's like a software where you can like put any instrument and you just like, you just click in the melodies or you, you know, play the melodies on a keyboard. Okay. So I do the drums, the melodies, and then I also do the vocal. Okay. What's, what style of music? It's mostly rap, rap music, okay. but it's not, it's not like guns, drugs, and murder. It's <laughs> Good, more like intellectual you. rap, I would say. Intellectual rap. Some might say that's an oxymoron, but uh, yeah, I'm not right. Sure. We got to change that. All right. Oh, intellectual rap. That's fascinating. That might be a good name for the podcast. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what progress have you made on the music front? Are you cutting album, albums, tracks? Are you trying to get into bars to play, or what? Uh, what's your plan there? So I say first three months, I was in the pits, like fighting. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't have the confidence. Like I said, I had the confidence, but like now that I'm actually doing it, it's like, this is like daunt. It's like a daunting task yeah. in front of me. So the first three months, it was just kind of learning the software and all that stuff. And then I thought I had a good song and I released it. And then I realized my microphone's bad. I wasn't using auto-tune correctly. I wasn't using a lot of things correctly. They were, it was mixed poorly. Yep. And so these last three months, I've just been working on a singular song. Okay. Which is kind of like mind-numbing in a way to listen to the same thing every day and uh, just make solid imagine. progress. Yeah. But it's definitely worth it because I'm learning things, maybe not every day, but multiple things every week. And I'm just getting better, perfecting my craft, you could yep. say. I actually have a concert coming up in April 13th Sweet. at Clarkson University, my school. Um, they asked me to open for their concert, so I got to oh, have awesome. some material. Yeah, that should be cool. You'll have more than one song, I hope. I hope so. I really yeah. do. <laughs> Unless it's a really long one. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> so. We're going to have All like right, three no, and a half minutes. Yeah. What, uh, what musical background or training do you have? Musical you training? Uh, I guess I did chorus. Okay. Um, I got this um, thing called Skillshare. Are you aware of what that is? I sort of think I've heard of it. I can't remember exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah, so. it's in a lot of like YouTube ads. Basically, you pay like a subscription and you can watch how-to videos on anything. So okay. it's like how-to videos, how to like use the software for making the music, yep. and how I'm like I learned like vocal exercises I can do to like enhance my singing abilities and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, look up, have you heard of Rick Beato? Have you come across any of his videos? No, I don't think so. He's, uh, I, I've seen a bunch of his videos online. He's, I don't know, some guy in his 60s, and I think he actually played in various rock bands or was 
uh, session guitars and things like that. But he does a lot of interesting videos, and I think he also has some training videos, maybe some music theory, and I'm not sure all the other ones. But uh, you know, look him up. You might find something useful. You might not. But uh, okay, I wrote his, I wrote his name down. It, it can't hurt. It can't hurt. All right. So as far as the job search, uh, you looking to stay in the Buffalo area? You looking to move somewhere else? You want to get to Southern California and be warm and all that? Uh, I guess it depends on the job. I actually really like the cold. Like I was a fan of living in Potsdam, New York, just north of the Adirondacks. Um, just because when it's cold out, there's less distractions. You're kind of on your grind. Nothing really okay. else to do. But I guess my ideal job or a job that I think would be ideal for me, obviously I don't know until I'm there, sure. um, would be uh, you probably are aware of the Colorado River and how they have overdrawn from it for many, many years. Yeah. Does it even make it to the uh, the Gulf or the ocean? I, think it's I feel like sometimes it doesn't. That. Yeah. I feel like some, some seasons it doesn't anymore. But you might not know, like in the 1930s or maybe the 40s, something like that, uh, they measured how much river flow there was right. in the Colorado River. And in those years, it was rainy years. There was a high flow. And they used that those high flow years, averaged them, and they're like, okay, this is how much water it has. Let's take that like a fair amount based right. on that. And then 47 years of drought <laughs> with the high flows, they um, obviously are having water problems. Yeah. Well, in their defense, I don't think they knew it was a high flow season. When they're right drinking, but they just, didn't expect it, a 47 year drought probably right 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 yeah that yeah. uh you know it's kind of like making your uh, annual budget based on your best year and your best bonus and finding out yeah. hey five years later i'm broke what's going on here that's roughly where they are except they're out of water instead of money yeah las vegas is a model city in the world for like water recycling and reuse and like efficiency and I would be interested in doing like water resources with other places, just like enhance their facilities oh, and things like that. Okay. And that sounds more like your civil degree than your versus your chemical degree. Yeah. Chemical engineering. It was like, it's cool to be a chemical engineer because it was like really hard, but mm -hmm. civil engineering, like you're doing things for the good of the public. Mostly right. like if your stuff fails, people get hurt. If it works, like people are happy for chemical engineering, it's like you make the chemical to make the most money. Right. So it doesn't have as much draw for me, I would say. Yep. So you, you've heard the joke about civil engineers, I would think, right? What is it? So mechanical engineers build weapons, civil engineers build targets. I haven't heard that one. You haven't heard that one? No. Oh, they must have kept you civil engineers well protected in college. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, though. Yeah, so... And I, I, I was thinking about the other day, and I guess, so, but you're not a mechanical, you're a chemical engineer. Well, they build some really nasty weapons, potentially, and so we don't want to, we don't want any of those weapons to be used. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's avoid the chemical weapons for the most part. <laughs> All right. I'm thinking you talked a little bit about this your ideal job. Water management seems to be interest to you. Yeah, I would I say guess. that's like the strongest thing for me right now. Okay. All right. That's cool. And looking for companies that do that or you're kind of doing the music thing first and then you'll uh, do a job search in the near future in the future exactly music okay. thing first we'll see about the job all right when i am comfortable with my music or i all really right. need money <laughs> okay and so you had a minor in history what drew you to that i guess obviously some sort of interest what what about 
what about history interests you? So history was always my favorite subject growing up, you know, just because it's real things that happen and it affects people and cultures are kind of like based on their history. So understanding yep. history helps you understand the people that are around you and throughout the world and why they act the way they act. Right. For that reason, it is my goal to like learn all the history, at least at a surface level. And for most of it, I'm going pretty deep. Um, but the second reason is when you're like learning the histories, you like run across stories that it's like you're reading a fantasy novel or you're listening to a fantasy podcast because of like just how outstanding they are. Except um, it's true. Yeah, except for yeah. it. Well, it's true to an extent, usually. Sure. Right, right. Do you want to hear an antidote? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I was going to ask yeah. you what's a, a fascinating thing about history that you've learned that maybe most people don't know. This one, I, I doubt many people know. This is like a little short one. In China, I've been doing the Chinese history. I'm like to 680 right now. Okay. Um, in like 480, there was an emperor in one of the dynasties. And he was very drunk one night. And he told his consort, who has just turned 30 years old recently, um, perhaps a little bit jokingly, but ha perhaps a little bit truthfully, that she was getting a little too old and he might have to replace her with a younger girl. <laughs> and that night, he was blackout drunk in his bed, and she walked past the Imperial Guards and smothered him in his sleep. Lovely. Ha happy wife, happy life. Well, in this case, it was happy wife, keep your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah happy or wife, life. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, exactly. Simplified even further, yeah. Yeah, so just like little stories like that is like what I love about history. Yeah, that's neat. So one thing uh, about China I learned uh, some time ago is, you know, we talk about the Great Wall of China, mm. and there's actually many, 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 many walls throughout China. You know, I think there's the Great Wall, which is the biggest and longest one, but there's lots of other ones uh, that are, you know, interesting as well. Yeah, All up right. to... 680 it's just the great wall is just a bunch of fragments on the northern border just okay. in important locations okay and then uh, somebody decided to connect them or build a few others and yeah that's coming up okay all right you're there <laughs> yeah sorry to spoil it for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no more spoilers come on all right okay very good all right so here's here's a question i've been wanting to ask a chemical engineer for a long time and i'll tell you why after i ask it are you a good cook? Can you cook? Can I cook? Um, no. It right. doesn't have to do with chemical engineering, though. Uh, well, the reason I asked the question is because I, my, I could be wrong, but I'm thinking do you, do you have a chemical engineering degree? You've spent a little bit of time in the chemistry lab, and yeah. I'm thinking a lot of those labs you got to do, especially with a quantitative analysis, you've got to be able to, we'll call it cook, and follow a recipe very well and precisely. So I maintain that if you can pass and become a chemical engineer, chemical engineer, you should be able to cook. Maybe that could be after you get the music, you can nail that cooking thing. Yeah, I think I have good prospects for it because that's actually a great point. For a lot of the chemical engineering courses, it's like you have to design a distillation column in a chemical engineering plant. Here's 10 page procedure. Um, you only have to use five pages of it, but like figure out what part is applicable to your situation. So yeah, that's a good point. Probably following recipes would be a little more straightforward. Right, right, yeah. So there, you can't tell anybody you can't cook. <laughs> <laughs>
You just haven't uh, haven't applied yourself yet. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. but uh, actually, <laughs> I got to throw this in there just for fun. So we're recording this a few days after Christmas. I'm not sure when it'll get published, but one of my favorite Christmas things is eggnog. And I'm sure you probably had a little bit of eggnog growing up in your household, right? Yep. And I'm sure you've heard the story of your father's eggnog from he made years and years and years ago. I'm not sure. You've never heard that story. Oh, your husband, your brother, uh, your father is holding on to you. So your father, my brother Ray, was the eggnog maker in our family when I was growing up. Ray's like 10 years older than I am. And I took over from him, I don't know, like 12 or 14 or something like that. And somewhere in his his uh, youth, probably in his 20s, he made some eggnog for some friends. And, you know, he makes it up, serves it to them, and they're going, oh, hey, Ray, this is great. Well, it turns out he made a small mistake in the recipe. And instead of putting a quarter teaspoon of salt in, he put a quarter cup of salt Ooh. in. And so, yeah, you can imagine the... <laughs> The people are drinking that going, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing I've ever had in my life. And Ray finally got around to having his and like, I don't know if he literally spit it out, but he, <laughs> he might have. And he immediately took it away from everybody. He said, oh my gosh, this is horrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. How old was he? I don't know. I'm guessing he was in his 20s, but I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to ask him. It's probably, it's a good learning experience. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've all got uh, our cooking uh, mistakes that we've made here and there. All right, so let's see. We're, uh, let me ask this question. I was talking to uh, another engineer yesterday, uh, recording another podcast or another episode of the podcast. And, you know, he's an Emmy, he's 50, and he was just commenting about new engineers coming out and how impressed he was with their uh, programming and, you know, skills like that, you know, just, hey, I've got to do this, great, I'll get a Raspberry Pi, I'll write a little code, I'll do this, whatever I want. How much of that did you get in civil and chemical, I'm curious? So freshman year, we all have to take a course with MATLAB. You know MATLAB? I uh, know of it. I may have used it once. Yeah, it's not used very much in the industry, but, it, you know, they're all kind of similar in a way. Um, so everyone takes that, that's engineer, and then... Uh, geographic informational systems, GIS, we all, all civil engineers have to take a course with that. So like geographic maps kind of, then you can go further with like Revit and stuff like that. Um, then for chemical engineering, you have to like design chemical engineering plants or chemical plants. Right. Uh, So there's a program for that. That's very complicated that we do a lot of but i would say as far as coding goes we didn't really focus on it like that heavily okay. like obviously there's a couple there's a couple courses for both now would you have used matlab in any of your later courses as part of you know i gotta oh. do this project i'm gonna use matlab for it yeah okay I'd probably use matlab once a semester at least okay so kind of you know maybe like not so much myself but you know, earlier Early courses in engineering career will be drawing and drafting. Mm. And then later course, especially a design course, you're going to have to do some drawing and drafting of that. So kind of the MATLAB was your, you know, your basic skills course that you used in future courses. I would say that is the drawing and drafting course, kind of. Yep, yep. All right. That's kind of interesting. What, uh, of your classes, what did you like the most 
I mean, what do you think is most useful to you? The most useful class is actually an easy answer for both like the senior design classes for chemical and civil. For civil and the senior design class was, I was a project manager. It was like a group of eight of us and we had to rehabilitate the stormwater canal in Potsdam, New York. So it had been flooding since 2011. There has been flooding in Potsdam, the town that Clarkson's in. Yep. And it's due, well, for one reason, or one part of it is the canal was built in like 1902, which is closer to the Louisiana Purchase than it is to today. So <laughs> it's pretty ancient. And uh, love it. so at, over time, it's accumulated a lot of debris and it also has collapsed in a couple spots. So basically we had to work with a village administration, the village engineer. We gave a presentation to the mayor and the town board with like our final solutions, which right. were basically clear the debris, fix the problem locations that look like they could collapse again, right. or like areas that look like they could collapse. And if the money's there, which it probably isn't put like retention ponds in and stuff like that. So that course was like very applicable to a certain type of civil engineering, definitely like the water resources side. Right. And that was really cool. The chemical engineering one is basically design a chemical engineering plant, a chemical process, make the plant, find a location for it, and then try to make money with it. Like run the numbers. Would your process actually make money? And at the end, I mean, nobody's process actually made money. It's like negative $300 million a year and negative $30 million a year. Really? Yeah, That's a little surprising. Was, well, ours was, we had to make an ammonia plant in Africa that was oh, okay. completely so, green energy. Oh, okay. Okay. So there were so, some constraints. You couldn't just cherry pick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to process, I'm going to process, you know, petroleum and I'll be rich. In yeah. Yeah. That would be oh, easy. A three-year payback on that one. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. Got yeah. But that course, obviously, like you don't design a chemical plant in real life unless you do, but not many people do. But the yep. thing that was good about that one was the professor, if you made one mistake in the writing or the design, like a little mistake, you would take half a letter grade. If you made a, a regular mistake, you take a full letter grade. So a near perfect report is like a B. Okay. A perfect report is an A. Yeah. And a, a better than perfect report is an A plus. Like it has to be better than perfect. Okay. <laughs> Which is hard to do. Uh, yeah. That is, that's pretty strict. That's but pretty strict. I learned a lot about how to write concisely and precisely. Yep. yep. Which is great, great to learn. Right. Right. All right. So what, all right, this wasn't on the list I gave you. So forgive me if, uh, I'll give you some time to think about it. Imagine yourself. 30 years from now, what would you like to look back and say that you've accomplished? I would say the number one thing is I did it sustainably. Okay. That's like a big focus at Clarkson, but I okay. adopted it as well. Sure. Um, I did it without hurting others. I made other people happy and I had fun. Okay. So those would be the, the big three. Had fun, made other people happy, which... When people are happy, I'm happy. Yep. And then did it without harming the environment or help yep. the environment would be even yep. better. There was a, the guy I was talking to yesterday, the advice he likes to give uh, younger engineers, and I think someone gave it to him, was that 
find find a job that you love. If you can't find a job that you love, find one that you like. Mm. And if you can't find one you like, find one you can tolerate. And you know, if you got the job you can tolerate, then spend that time and look for the job that you like. Then look for the job that you love. And you know, so you've got uh, a good idea of what things will be in a job that you will like and love. So that's a that's a good start. That's a good start. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, let's back up a little bit. Do you see things in your? Well, you talked about it a little bit. I was going to say, can you see things from your your younger days that pointed to being an engineer? Back when I was in preschool. Preschool. All right, we're going way back. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I've always been analytical. Like oh. I always analyze. I was as a kid. I was very reserved. I wouldn't really speak unless. Um, I really had something to say, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a trait of an engineer, you could say. I was just in my own head a lot, thinking I'm pretty social. I was pretty popular at school, but I wasn't like very social back then. I don't know if that's yeah. the calling card of engineer a little bit. Yeah, but maybe. I mean, all the engineers are cool that I know. Right. Oh yeah, we're all cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome I wasn't people. as I wasn't as good as English. I was math and science. There's a, a story I've heard about Albert Einstein, which I'm pretty sure is not true. But it says like he was very slow in talking as a child. Hmm. And that, you know, the first thing he said was, the food's cold. Because he didn't have anything to say before that. <laughs> <laughs> which sounds a little bit like you. So I'm just, there you go. I just compared you to Albert Einstein, Frank. How's that for a compliment, huh? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we're uh, going to wrap this bad boy up here. And I have uh, the last question. I have a grab bag question. So I just got 10 questions. You pick a number, and whatever number you pick, you get the question that I have written down there. So 1 through 10, give me a number. I'm going to go 4. 4. All right. What was your first car? My first car was a Subaru Outback in 2005, and it had um, my mom's name, her number, her real estate company, and so all the kids at school knew it was mine. Oh, like on the wall, on the side, on the door On the side, both sides of the car, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So it was cool, recognizable. It was like puke green. Puke green. Yeah, it's disgusting. (laughs) Uh, You know, if you want your car to stand out, and people to remember you as a real estate agent, the uh, a puke ring outback uh, is one <laughs> way to do it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, I'm gonna give you the last word, Frank. Anything else you'd like to add or get off your chest? Well, I thought you were gonna ask me what my biggest accomplishment was. Oh, I guess I didn't ask that. What's your biggest accomplishment, Frank? <laughs> and you know, I I love to brag. So here right. I go. I guess just. Well, I, I think well. I won't steal your thunder unless you don't say what you what I think you might say. So go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. So it's a debate between junior year and senior year. Because junior year, I took the maximum amount of credits because, you know, I was trying to get both those majors. Right. And it was mostly civil engineering at that time. So I took most of the civil engineering courses, the hardest ones, and organic chemistry and biology too. And I got a 4.0. All right. That's not bad. So that was that was cool. I also had four on-campus jobs, and I did microplastics research. 
So I was able to manage my time. I thought it was cool. And then senior year came around. I had to take four chemical engineering classes the first semester and five the next one. And I like I was taking sophomore level chemical engineering courses with senior level. Like I was taking senior design basically my first year as a chemical engineer. Okay. So uh, I was kind of thrown into Yeah, I was thrown into the deep end and it was at times it was like hard to like do i even fit with these people like i used to be top dog at chem or civil engineer and now mm -hmm. i'm with all these smart people like i'm just kind of like mid-pack type deal right, right but i eventually adjusted i didn't quit even though i thought about it a couple times i didn't get a 4.0 but i got like a 3.8 or something my final gpa was like a 3.91 um but i had five jobs in the fall there four in the spring i was do i was student senate and I was um, doing the research with the microplastics, like I said. So, so you didn't sleep I, at all? I slept actually a lot. I've actually, that was my key to success. So Monday okay. through Wednesday, when I wake up till I go to bed, I would work. And I would sleep like eight and a half, nine hours. And then Thursday, like 6 p.m., I would go out to the bars with my buddies. Like I would start getting ready for the bars, start having fun. I'd yeah. usually go out on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'd usually go out, and I would just, like, work steady through the weekend. Okay. But I would just grind early week, get ahead. I was never behind, so I was able to manage everything. All right. That sounds good. If there's any uh, any people looking to hire somebody, here's uh, Frank who's ready to work his butt off for you. Yeah. One, one question. I remember you put a post onto LinkedIn mentioning uh, several of those things you just said there. Mm-hmm. And how many credits you took your senior year? Was that two semesters or it was like 47 credits or something like that? Yeah. So that was two semesters plus, I think I took two summer courses. Okay. It was like 47 is the number that comes yeah. to my mind. Is that the right yeah, number? Yeah, I think it was 46 or 47. Yeah, that and was junior year when I got the 4 Okay. So that's, yeah, yeah that, that's nuts. I mean, that's six or that's seven classes a semester or more yeah i, think, I think right? it was 19 credits both semesters and summer classes yeah the summer yeah. classes were the hard part because those were only five weeks and they're both at once and they're both chemical yeah. engineering and i had no idea that was the hardest part so a, a funny story about me and if there's anybody interested in hiring me please turn off this podcast right now <laughs> uh, when i was a senior part of our program was we had to go to summer school. So we went to school May through August and finished the program in August. That was just the normal program. And I think I had four classes that I only took as a light load. Two of the classes were accelerated, so they were done in six weeks. And so oh, wow. for half the semester, I only had two classes, one of which was the senior design project, which didn't always meet. So there was a couple of weeks where I had two classes <laughs> a week. <laughs> So let's say I might have had a little case of senioritis, but I've gotten over it. I work hard now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was able to avoid senioritis. Just uh, by yes, you did. I Staying busy. I had a, a little bit of a case of senioritis, but oh well. It was summer, so I'm going to say that's why I had senioritis, because it was mm. summer senioritis. <laughs> so, anyways. It's probably fun, though. Yep, yep. All right, hey, Frank, this was uh, a good time. Thank you for uh, taking the time to chat this uh, this afternoon. And thank you for considering me, man. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Best of luck on the music. Keep me up to date. I will, uh, uh, I don't know, look at, uh, well, post your progress on Facebook and uh, 
we'll possibly see it there. Look at oh, I gotta start while. using Facebook. I gotta. Oh no, Facebook you don't have to. <laughs> okay, so don't use Facebook. All right. Uh, I, don't I know, have whatever. it. I could. I could. Yeah, I, I'll put I, on I don't use it very often myself. Um, it's just a time suck, and so I'll post things occasionally, and uh, try not try to avoid it. So, yeah, that's right. that's for the best. All right. Hey, we'll knock them dead in April. Uh, let us know how that goes. Yeah. Thank you. I will. That wraps up today's episode of the Beers with Engineers podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to like, subscribe, give a rating, and most importantly, tell your friends whether they are an engineer or not. I'm happy to have them listen. Any comments and suggestions are welcome and encouraged. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast or know somebody that you think might be a good guest on the podcast, please let us know that too. Until next time, this is Bert saying goodbye.